Coming up in this episode of Real American Heroes, Governor Mike Huckabee on the proper role of government in combating COVID-19. Welcome to another Real American Heroes Coronavirus Special Edition. I'm Oliver North, and our guest today is Governor Mike Huckabee, the host of the Huckabee TV show on TBN, a regular on Fox News. I saw him last night, in fact, with Hannity. Governor Huckabee was the 44th governor of the state of Arkansas, a former pastor, a presidential candidate, an accomplished musician, and a New York Times bestseller of 14 books. Mike and his wife Janet have three children and six grandchildren. Governor, back in March, I appeared on your TBN TV show, Huckabee. We had a great time in that beautiful theater. It was packed with wonderful folks, but things have changed. Tell us, what's it like producing your show during this remarkable pandemic? You know, Colonel, I think you may have been one of our last guests when we had the show in the theater with a live audience, and I'm missing that tremendously. Uh, but the coronavirus has certainly changed the way we're doing things. Most of this period of time, I've been operating out of my home studio in Florida, and it, it appears to work fairly well. I mean, we can't have an audience uh, right now. So I'm doing my part, um, operating my own teleprompter and all writing my own scripts and all of that, which I've always did that. But the production crew is in Nashville. The most interesting thing we're doing is our musical presentations. For example, we've had Ted Nugent, Lee Bryce, we've had Sarah Evans, uh, we've had China Phillips, a host of musicians. They're in one location. The band is in Nashville and I'm in Florida. We each send our tracks in separately, independently from three different states. Trey Corley, our music director, mixes them together. And honestly, I am blown away at how good it sounds. I mean, I'm sitting there playing by myself in my studio, uh, laying down the track and sending it online to Trey, who captures it and then lays it on top of the rest of the track. It, it really sounds fantastic. And then when I'm watching it and we're all synced together, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. Having said all of that, as wonderful as the technology is, and thank God for it, I cannot wait to get back to some semblance of normal where we're in our theater, which we will be this week, but we won't have an audience for a while. We don't know just when we're kind of waiting for the Grand Ole Opry to open back up and that'll be our cue. Uh, even though I'm guessing we'll have to have some different guidelines for seating arrangements. It's been a challenge, but we've made it work and we've had a 100% original show every single week, even during the pandemic. Is this going to be the new normal? Are we going to go back to, are we going to get back in the theaters and, and back in with crowds? Because that crowd you had when, when I was with you was terrific. Oh, it was. And, and as you know, uh, Colonel, from being there, there's a dynamic involved. As you walked out on that stage, people responded with uh, effusive joy and uh, excitement for your being there. They responded and reacted to your comments. And, you know, there's an energy that comes with that. Uh, and, and as well, the audience who obviously loved you, they were eating you up with a spoon. Uh, it's great for them that 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 one on one contact is uh, extraordinary. We have to get back to that kind of interaction with people. We can't do church remotely forever. I, I just don't think it's the same. I mean, I'm glad we have online services from my church, but that's not the same as fellowship and smiling at my fellow believers and uh, waving at them. And even if maybe we're not going to go back to hugs and handshakes for a while, if ever, 
being able to have personal responsibility of being present, I do think is important. So whether it's sporting events or church um, or theater, goodness, we've got to get back to it. We can't live like this forever. We're Americans and Americans don't live locked up. We live let go. If you were still a governor, how would you rate the way the administration has handled the support and guidance to the states? Generally, I rate it very good for a very simple reason. The president has let governors make decisions for how they operate their states. Now, I know he made a couple of statements that got everybody all riled up when he said, I'll make the decisions. You know, you know him like I do. He made that, I'm convinced, just to see what the reaction would be. When everybody went nuts, he said, okay, so the governors will make the decisions. But what he was doing was really saying, I believe in the 10th Amendment. I recognize there's nothing in the Constitution that gives me, the president, the right to make dictates about which stores get open in every one of the 50 states. That's a decision that needs to be made closer to the people who are being governed. And that's the genius of federalism as designed by our founding fathers, is that there wouldn't be a one-size-fits-all. There would be certain things that we would do nationally, like put together a military and control our borders. But beyond that, federal government really wasn't given a whole lot to do constitutionally. They've taken on a bunch of stuff that wasn't theirs to take on. So the president has done exactly what he should have done. Um, And what we have seen is that with 50 laboratories of democracy functioning, we find out which ones work and which ones don't. And it's interesting to me, and without it sounding overly partisan, many of the democratic states where the governors have just locked their people down, like Michigan, Illinois, California, and New York, they're having dismal results, uh, not only in terms of the cases of coronavirus, but people are rebelling. They're taking to the streets. They're sick of it. They, even in places where they're used to being told what to do and what size soda they can drink, uh, they're fed up. In red states, places like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, um, uh, you know, I'm thinking of some Georgia, you have far fewer cases of coronavirus, even proportionally. The death rate is a fraction of what you're seeing in places like New York. And things are ramping back up. They're getting open. Heck, I got a haircut a week ago. You know, I needed that. I needed it badly, not only <laughs> psychologically, but my hair had not been uh, gone that much uncut since I was in college and my hair was down on my shoulders. So, I mean, it was it was time. Uh, and I think a lot of people are feeling, sure, we want to be careful. We're going to take cautions, but we're not going to live like inmates for the rest of our lives. We're just not. Look, here in Virginia, we still have some counties where the churches remain empty, hmm. but all the Walmarts, the Lowe's, the Home Depots, and the alcohol beverage stores have never closed. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the 10th Amendment, but how about the First Amendment? I mean, are we still going to have a Bill of Rights in our Constitution when this is all over? We better have. And I think, uh, you know, the First Amendment, which guarantees not only religious freedom, it also guarantees freedom of assembly. Uh, it guarantees freedom of speech. Uh, some governors have wanted to shut down even their people's ability to dissent. Uh, boy, that's a dangerous thing. I mean, we're treading on new territory in the United States of America when you have people who even hint that they have such power. And I think it's important you pointed out the difference between regulating churches, some of whom were shut down and people ticketed up to $500 per person for sitting in their cars in the church parking lot in a drive-in service, while down the street, 
People could freely walk up and down the aisles of a supermarket or a Walmart and rub shoulders with total strangers with whom they had no uh, connection. Uh, here in Florida, uh, the county where I live, the, the geniuses who run it decided for a while that the beaches would be closed, including private beaches that are basically the backyards of individual citizens. You couldn't go out in your own backyard, but if I wanted to go to Walmart and hang out with a bunch of people, uh, that'd be okay. The one thing that the coronavirus uh, runs in the face of is sunshine. So getting out in the sunshine, uh, breathing some fresh air would be one of the best things I could do to avoid coronavirus. Somehow people in the government thought that sitting by myself in a chair on the beach was more dangerous uh, than going to the supermarket and touching produce that might have been touched by 25 other people in the hour before me. That's why I bring my wipes with me. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask. I'm, I, I, I'm in, that, I'm in that, uh, that age group where you're kind of targeted by the coronavirus. Yeah. Like, one, one of the things that, that I always like to know is what are my great-grandkids going to think about what I did at a certain point in history? So 50 years from now, when both of our great-grandkids are studying about this extraordinary time in history, what do you want them to know about what you did? Well, that's a great question. You know, uh, I want them to know that I was careful. I was careful for my uh, family. I tried to be a, a good steward of, of my own life and health, not just for my sake, but so I didn't transmit it to the closest family around me or even to strangers. But I also want them to know that I respected that I had certain rights that the government was not going to trample on. And I might voluntarily and willingly uh, comply with certain things for public health sake, but I was not going to be bullied into submission uh, by a government who lacked the constitutional authority to essentially lock me in my own home and quarter me indefinitely because of, of very disputed um, data and number facts that they themselves couldn't keep straight on any given day. I want them to maybe look back on this and say this was a turning point in America where people decided if they wanted government to be their God. And I don't want government to be my God. I've got a God. I'm very pleased with him. He'll cover me through eternity. I'm not sure my government can get its way through next year. Governor, my thanks for being with us today and providing facts that our fellow Americans can use in these challenging times. We're going to continue documenting the history of this never-before crisis with these special coronavirus episodes. If this Real American Hero special broadcast has been informative, helpful, or encouraging, take time now to subscribe and let me know how these unprecedented events have affected you and yours. By doing so, you too can become part of this historical record of how America persevered and once again prospered. Until next time, remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for U.S. Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now, America, press on, press on. <laughs>